All right, we're live, Tristan. Tristan coming through at the last hour for the podcast. Love and you. No bro. problem. Glad to do it as always. So it's Sunday morning. We just had our ten to eleven class. You're willing to stick around. Yeah, and had some, some nice rolls. So did you have any feedback the last time you were on the podcast? Feedback. Like did anyone come up to you like, man, I heard you on the podcast? No, I think I kept the smack talk to a minimum, so I didn't oh, hear, really? hear too much back. What's up, Freddie? Uh, so it seems like after class, everyone's coming in now. Yeah, it's just got busier and almost busier than when we had class. Where yeah, was everybody? I, I have no idea. I know that guy does jujitsu. Where was he? I, I don't, I, again, I don't know what's going <laughs> on. This is weird. Um, so uh, when off air, before we got started, you were talking about, um, actually, before we get to the, the, the camp stuff, you have been training, I'm calling you Iron Man now. You're, like, you, you're training here. <laughs> Too much, really. A lot. Yeah. Uh, quite basically my answer like addicted like you're training twice a day yeah many times you're doing the 6 a.m's tuesday and thursday with chris which i still find it a miracle every time i make it to one of those classes so what what what's what's changed what's happened what's got because you and and on top of that before you even get started like you've gotten it's like there's no coincidence you've also gotten a lot better too like i enjoy i mean not that i never enjoy going with you but like you present a very unique problem now to me, especially with the way you pass guard and stuff where I'm like, this guy's got a good base. He's hard to sweep. Like this is like a very productive role. So I look to roll with you and that's no doubt because you've been putting in these hours and getting better. So what's happened? Oh, uh, well, well, I appreciate that. Oh, that no, you're, no, from you. you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're getting good, man. It's a, uh, it's just a lot of things kind of all at once. Like, we were out for quarantine for a while, so I came back and, and just felt bad. Like, I missed a bunch of time. Like, I forgot everything I knew. Did you, like, have a horrible breakup or something? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Although, because that no. usually what happens. Like, someone has a horrible breakup, and then they, I'm forgetting about this. I'm dedicating myself to it's, training. It's sort of the opposite. It went too well. Like, we, we just, uh, I, I started living with my girlfriend for quarantine just kind of incidentally. Okay. And now we just, you know, we live together, and it's, everything's going great. But I also work at home, and we're together at home all the time. And, you know, I don't have a social life, so I'm mostly home all the time. So coming to the gym is like one of my main breaks away from being at home all the time. Now, pre-COVID, did you go into the office? Yes. Okay. And any, any like, is there anything on the horizon that you will be going back to the office? Or do you even have any interest in going back into an office now? Um, I could kind of take it or leave it. My job is basically the same whether I'm in an office or not. Okay. I kind of prefer the change of scenery it's nice to have other people to talk to but as far as doing my job i don't really need to be there um yeah it's they haven't actually said when we're going to go back uh, i assume we'll start going back when the majority of people are vaccinated or when they offer vaccinations because they might do it through my job oh, okay. uh, but they haven't said when yet so i'm just kind of on standby i've been real lucky that i could just work at home with very little interruption uh, so it'll be weird going back to the office every day, but I also live close to my work, so it's not a big disruption either way. What's your, um, do you have like a little room or space at your house or where you're staying that's dedicated, like a dedicated office space? You just yeah, I got work? a third bedroom that I use as an office. Oh, um, third bedroom. Yeah, look third at bedroom. Him, look yeah. at him flexing. He's yeah. like, yeah, man. I'm, that's I'm in, that I'm lower middle class flex for you. Yeah. Hey, man, I got the Dogecoin and <laughs> I bought that back in the day and now I'm... Really? You've had that for a while already? No, actually, my roommate did. Oh, really? I was like, Dude, I she's, like if, she's like, if this keeps going, she's like, I want to, I'm going to like, 
be able to pay off my college loans and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's that's that's pretty good. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of well. That's separate. We won't go crypto yet. Yeah. If you if you start talking, I will go into some investment stuff. <laughs> so, um, okay. So it, it, at least one of the reasons was, uh, you know, COVID happened. You're working from home. You're living with your significant other, and it's like, man, I just need a break from my place and get out. Was there any other thing like because you stayed relatively injury free? You know, that's a big one. A, a big part of it is like I train as much as my body can take it because I never know when I'm going to get hurt, you know, and I won't be able to train for a while. So it's like, let me get all the time in that I can. So when inevitably something happens, I got to take time off. It won't be that bad. But I've just been relatively healthy other than like my knees a little bit and my hand, which I messed up about two weeks ago. Uh, I've been doing pretty well. So and even rolled through that stuff. So it's just kind of all things coming together. And suddenly now I'm here all the time. Woo. Yeah. Now, did you uh, hurt your hand in jujitsu or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what happened? Uh, it was just one of those dumb things. We were doing that double lapel control from the back and I went to tip somebody, but I did it the wrong way and I rolled them on top of myself. So oh. I sort of folded my hand in half the wrong way. I've actually hurt both hands the same way several times. Oh, it's just something you. innate in my hands is just weak there. So they'll tend to okay. fold in half if I don't be careful. So how has it been training? Like before you were training, was that I'd say anywhere from three to five times a week? Yeah, I'd say normally. Yeah, that's about right. And then now, and now you're like, training like twice a day, sometimes twice a day, but five to six days a week. Yeah, pretty much. So you're getting, you know, let's say eight to 10 hours now a week of training. Yeah, I guess that's right. Look at that. Yeah, that's a lot, man. And I, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's finally starting to catch up with me because like, I felt pretty bad this week as far as just like general worn down. fatigue. Like, oh. I'm, I usually get winded. That's like a big part of uh, I, I've never had good, good uh, cardio. But this week, it's just been like feeling super fatigued. Like, I just don't have the energy to move when I need to. Uh, and I don't know if that was just from overtraining. Or if it was because I got my first dose of the COVID vaccine, which was fine. I didn't feel any side effects other yeah. than maybe fatigue. Sure. Um, but I've, I've been thinking I might take a few days off here just to make sure I'm not overdoing it because I don't want to hurt myself more just by training too much. But also, it's, the training's been really good. Uh, I feel like I have gotten at least a little bit better. So it feels like it's paying off. And I like to keep it up for as long as I can, because like I said, I never know what's going to happen. What is uh, what are some of the things that you've enjoyed working on in the last few months? Um, I've been working a lot more uh, trying to get in comfortable in butterfly guard, really trying to just get comfortable from the bottom, because anyone who goes with me knows I'm sort of a top sort of pressure passing game and i'm trying to just get out of that one dimension and yeah you didn't do that with me you went pressure pass right away you didn't try to do any butterfly guard with me no i'm not <laughs> i'm not going to the bottom against people better than me that's not gonna no this is my this is my white belt early blue belt stuff this is uh yeah no everyone else still gets the crushinator as much as i could possibly manage what is uh like how do you practice stuff like when you say i want to practice stuff like what's going through your mind is it uh like so we've done the drilling now we're going live. How are you practicing like the butterfly and the bottom stuff when you want, like what's your criteria and how do you go about practicing that stuff in the live round? Uh, yeah, because I don't get a lot of time to drill it. I'll usually deliberately work that stuff against people who are either smaller or not uh, as far along as I am just so 
that when I screw it up, I can kind of get back there and get more than one rep in during a roll. Sure. So if I go with someone bigger or better than me, I'm gonna have one shot at it and it's gonna be over. So when I have a roll like that, then I'll try to just start in that position, try to work the few things I know from there, mostly just trying to keep the position because I find that that's sort of the start of, of working anything is just to be able to hang out there and be okay without working a technique. And then you can kind of work into stuff. So just trying to stay in butterfly without immediately getting, you know, put on my back or, you know, run around, uh, things like that. Just working on keeping the inside position. Um, little things that I kind of learn along the way. And I think I've improved a little bit, but by no means anywhere near my A game yet. What is, uh, as someone that trains under all the instructors here, because you do go to the 6 a.m., uh, what is, how, like, do you feel like there's cohesion uh, among the classes you're taking, whether it's the 6 a.m., the noon class, or the uh, the afternoon classes? Are there differences? Like, compare and contrast those three times those three time slots because you actually go to all three. I don't do that. I don't think of anybody else, maybe Matt Cabrera occasionally, but you're one of the few guys that's consistently training at 6 a.m., at noon, and in the evenings, depending on the day. How, would, how are those classes the same and how are they different? Uh, 6 a.m. is probably the most different uh, just because it's probably the most removed from whatever the lesson plan is that we're working on in the week. Okay. I think Vu tries to stay pretty consistent with it, but occasionally we'll just throw something else in there. Um, and also it kind of depends on who shows up because the attendance is way less consistent, myself included, in the 6 a.m. class. So sometimes it's just a handful of white belts and he's going to go over some basic stuff. And sometimes, you know, three black belts show up. Were you there when, when was it like Steve Wynn and Kali and... Yes, uh, I was I was wonderfully all back the returns, for Kali's first all day the back. returns. It was super fantastic. That was, yeah, two black belts, two brown belts, and then poor me and John just getting crushed the whole time. And Jamal, sometimes I don't know how Jamal stays with it. Like, he shows up, and it's almost always higher belts than him. Jamal is pure trial by fire, man. He is, man. He's going to be so good. I mean, he's gotten, like, I, 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 I don't know if I grappled with him. I saw him grapple, but um, I hadn't seen him grapple for a while, and he looked a lot better. Oh, yeah. I can, I've, I've, I've been going with him since he first started. and Yeah, it's nice when you can see people hang out long enough that you can see how much better sure, they've gotten. Absolutely, absolutely. So... Is your approach any different in any of those classes or is it always the same? I mean, my approach in morning class is just to make it there and get through it alive. <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the wherewithal to have a training plan in the morning. And it usually ends up just doing a lot more uh, positional sparring followed by a round robin. So if I could just get through all that, it's just a morning workout. Like if I pick up any technique, and I do, Chris is a good teacher, uh, but it's kind of incidental just because whether or not my brain is working at it's that turned particular on moment. Gotcha. Uh, the evening classes are much more technique focused they tend to stay on the same things for you know weeks at a time so you can drill into it uh and that's been good because when you don't train that consistently you sometimes only get you know three or four looks at a technique depending on how often you're coming so it's been nice to get the extra drilling in because i don't do a lot of dedicated drilling so i only get the time in class to do it what has been like like in in your tenure here you know, from white to blue and, and now, you know, working through blue, what's been like one or two of the lessons or techniques or something that, that really helped you develop as a grappler 
like were there is there anything you can think of like for example for me i remember paul going over delahiva uh guard maintenance and just some of those concepts he talked about and this was this was like over a year ago i was like damn this is really useful information so like for you is there anything in particular that kind of sticks out in your mind is like that was really cool i'm super glad that i learned it. i never would have thought of that potentially i I tend to get that a lot. It's usually, it's, it's happening a lot more now, but I think it's just a factor of time served mm. and the fact that I'm seeing these things for the third or fourth time and picking up details that I just sort of glanced over the yeah. first time because there's so much and you start to learn where you get stuck and what you're missing and how people get out of things. So I know I've had quite a few of those moments recently. I just, I drawn a blank on specific ones. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of that because I'm, I'm just starting to see a lot of techniques third, fourth, fifth time around and it's stuff that I've actually had a chance to use now. So yeah, being here all the time and now seeing all the instructors, everyone teaches things a little bit differently. You know, also, you know, seeing stuff on YouTube because I'm also on YouTube somehow looking at jujitsu. Oh like I haven't had enough. man, this guy, this guy's a lifer, man. Yeah, I don't know. I need more hobbies, I guess. <laughs> so what happened... And, and I don't remember if we if we talked about this in detail the last time you're on the podcast, but what when did you start originally and what made you stop and then what brought you oh, back? I mean, like originally. Yeah, um, because I remember like you showed up and you had this old ATT gi. Yeah, I still have it. And and Paul was like, oh, he trained a while ago, like a long time ago. Yeah, it's it like, like yeah, 11 years. Yeah, like yeah, 11 years ago. And I'm just thinking like if you had that. If, if, and obviously different, you know, different mindsets, but it's yeah, like, if don't, you could don't take, quit kids. Cause 10 years later you could have been a black belt. Yeah. Exactly. Cause if you, if you had, imagine the amount of time you're training now, if you had been training back then, I think about it all the time. You would have, you, you'd be like, we'd be a, oh, every sensei. time I'm crushed oh, under Mike or, oh, or any of these oh, guys, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, could have been, should have been, uh, no at the time. Um, so what got I, you into it originally? Originally I actually came from a uh, Krav Maga. Because oh, I was, geez. that's the, the martial art I originally picked, mostly because it was near my job at the time. Uh, and that kind of got me into grappling. But then that teacher left, so I didn't like the guy that picked up. So then I found ATT, where Paul was teaching. And I did mostly no gi there, but a little bit of gi. That's was this here or was this Goldenrod? Uh, this was university. University in Dean. Yes. Okay. Um, I've seen that location. Yeah. And then I was just broke and I couldn't actually afford to come to class anymore. Uh, and like I had to let my, at the time you had to sign a contract or something. Okay. So I just kind of, they couldn't take money out anymore because I didn't have any. So then I just kind of faded away. And then I kind of got into building a career and just decided to get super Investing in crypto. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Still to I this day. I bought all this crypto back in the day because I saw oh, it was going to go through the roof. All the shouldas and couldas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then it was just, 10 years and the last probably five of it going, yeah, I should go back and train. But being like almost 270 at that time and not wanting to come back to the gym as the super fat guy, uh, you know, understanding that no one's really going to judge me, but just, I don't want to be that guy just, you know, so I was like, I'm just going to get in a little better shape and then go back and then kind of said that for five years. And then eventually I did lose a bunch of weight and I decided to come back and train. So what, so when did it occur to you that after you had built this career and when did it come into your mind? Like, were you always thinking like, oh, when I get my 
career in order when i get certain things in order then i'll go back and train or did it just pop in your head one day or you're like oh i feel like lazy i need to do something oh yeah i did like what actually happened in your mind that got you to come back into the gym and that's that second time i lost the weight i finally got down to i lost about 50 pounds so in your mind you're like before i train i have to lose weight yes but you had in your mind that you wanted to train but the pre but the how long did you have in your mind that you wanted to train all that time or just more recently i mean on and off for a lot of that time okay uh, and I've then in your mind there was like before i do that i have to lose this weight yes how did you lose the weight uh fasting i discovered intermittent fasting and then okay. prolonged fasting and then i threw some keto on there too uh and that was that whole thing was like a revelation for me because i had done the whole roller coaster thing several times lost a bunch of weight gained it all back lost a bunch of weight gained oh, wow. it all back uh, I tried running for a while. I tried different things. Uh, but then I just happened to stumble on this guy that was talking about fasting on a late night YouTube binge and just kind of looked into it more and found out that you can just not eat and you'll be fine for periods of time. And there's a healthy way to do it. And you can just do that. And it gets rid of my biggest problem, which is like making all those healthy choices all day, every day. You know, I can do that for a couple of weeks and then I'm going to fall off. But if it's just like, just don't eat until five o'clock or whatever, I find that much easier. Uh, so yeah, that was a huge game changer for me. Lost a whole bunch of weight. And then finally I just felt like, you know, I'm still out of shape. Obviously my cardio has maybe never recovered, but I finally felt like I could actually come to class and actually participate in more than just heavy breathing. So what was it like coming back on the mats that second time after 11 years? Uh, it was basically your typical white belt. I remember my first day back, I actually came back to an advanced class. Oh, boy. Uh, just because I didn't know what was going on. Uh, so I came in, and Nick Paul was actually my first role coming back. And I did the quintessential white belt thing where I just went, went out, just went whole hog on him. He's just like, relax, man. Just relax. <laughs> uh, yeah, I even knew that from before. And as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, I'm that guy. Uh, but, yeah, that was it. So came back and been suffering ever since. There's something about it, man. We're, we're gluttons for it. We like it, the, the suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard people talk about it, like jujitsu is suffering. And, but, and then you have those days where, you know, it just works and, and it just feels, you know, it's very gratifying. What is, um, like for you, what's, what's a good role? Or what's a good day of training for you? Like when do you feel like, do, do you, because... I mean, obviously, it's always a good day. In theory, we should say every day we train is a good day. But I mean, you can say that. You can say that. But there are days we come off the mat and we're like, fuck, that sucked. And you're just like, then you get on YouTube and you're like, what did I do wrong? And there are other times where you feel good. When you feel good, what do you, what's happened in that day on the mat? Uh, it's generally a, a small progression from somewhere where I've either gotten stuck or where I've gotten caught and where I... I don't make the same mistake or I fix the issue. And so I, then I feel like I've really improved. Like, you know, if I come in and uh, the other day I roll with someone who can usually beat me pretty handily and will submit me several times in a round. But that round, I managed to just not get submitted. I managed to not get stuck in the same positions, kept, kept moving. And that was kind of a big win for me, even though I didn't really accomplish anything. It was still a horrible roll from start to finish, but still felt like, okay, maybe I'm learning something because I'm not getting stuck in the same places over and over again hear that Xander he's coming it's, after it's you it's not Xander <laughs> it wasn't Xander uh, although he is he is he is a benchmark of how I measure progress just because how did you and Xander like did you guys start around the same time 
No, he started after me. There, there was a time where I could dominate him fairly easily for maybe a month or two when he first started, but that went away fast. And now it's just like, I mean, he's one of the guys that comes consistently and we're more or less the same size. Uh, so we just end up, you know, pairing up together quite a bit and he's, you know, he's a good guy to roll with and he, you know, he's one of those guys that will make you better just through attrition if nothing oh, else. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we, we go back and forth and I tend to use him kind of as a benchmark of if I'm getting any better or any worse, which is dangerous because he's getting better at a staggeringly it's hard disconcerting to make, pace. Yeah, it's, it's hard to make comparisons when the uh, the measuring stick is moving. You know, like oh, yeah. you're both moving. It's like I'm trying to measure something, but we're both like cars and we're going at different speeds down the highway. Yeah. So it's like, wait, I need to measure something static, not something. And, and I had to change it up because that measuring stick used to be Mike. Oh. And then he just went into light speed mode and just, I can't even see him. He can't even see me in the rearview mirror anymore. Like, so it's like, okay, we'll, we'll find somebody else as a yardstick. Oh, that's funny, man. What is, um, like, and I mean, I'll, I'll just use this because, I mean, I know him and he, he doesn't care, but, like, what's it like for you? Because, I, I, you know, I have an understanding of kind of how our roles go. There's a certain pattern they tend to follow right now. What is it like when you go with a, a, a smaller guy like Victor? Like, how do those, like, what do those roles feel like to you and what are you trying to practice? Well, Victor's a very specific case in this gym because there's very few people his size that Correct. are as good I mean, as he is. Yeah. So, for him, it's it's really frustrating, actually, because... <laughs> None of my stuff works on it. Like I try to put weight in him and he's just not there. He's, just, he's really good at just moving around me all the time. And uh, it's, it's very frustrating. Uh, and he's one of those super high energy guys. So for me, it's, it's, it's a super challenging role with, with Victor. Uh, most smaller people I'm conscious about uh, either trying to work bottom position or at least try not to use my weight. Try to focus more on technique. Victor... Mm -hmm. I will just use whatever I can. If I have a hammer, I'll just hit him with it. Yeah. Like I no mercy for that guy. <laughs> yeah. When he gets on top, especially when he gets grips in the gi, he, uh, he gets very strong grips that make it and like, you think you can recover guard and you, and you can't because he's got your leg and he's, he's, he's good on top. His, his style, he just, he gives you just a little bit of hope and then he moves and then he's, then he moves. He's behind <laughs> you. And like, what then he the moves. hell just happened? <laughs> um, so, um, let's talk about camps. You're looking at going to Iceland, right? Yeah, I just, I'm actually signed up. We're committed now. Oh, you are signed up. Yeah, I was, I was hoping to talk to you about it uh, just because there's a whole thing where now it's a vacation with myself and my girlfriend because yeah. she really wanted to go, which is fine, but I'm going to be training a lot and who knows uh, how much energy have... I'm going to have afterward to go do stuff. So I was trying to find her someone else, a friend to go with, but it was kind of this thrown together thing at the last minute. So, you know, no one else has no one else is able to go. So I was trying to figure out if she'd be able to like hang on her own and find things to do or whatnot and just kind of see what it was going to be like. But at the end, looking into it, it's like cheaper than it, than it was. Cause I looked into this, what, two years ago when I first started seeing it, when you first told us about the globe trotters thing. Uh, and it was way more expensive last time, but I think as COVID, uh, the flights got much cheaper. Uh, so it just all came together. So now that's what we're doing. Is the 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 camp ticket is just for the camp? There's it's no just for the camp. It's different than the one we did in St. Barts. So you got to get your own flight, your own hotel. I assume your own food and everything else. Yeah. What is? I think a couple of days they might try to bring out sandwiches for you. You know. But yeah, you're kind of on your own. 
for that stuff. Is there... Um, so is everyone just hanging out at the gym all the time? Or do you have... I know they have a few events, but... I mean, the gym, Mjolnir, has its own bar. I heard that. So there's a lot I of reasons to really just really looking out. forward to that. Yeah. No, it's a phenomenal... It's a beautiful gym. It's a really beautiful gym. And there's like an observatory. If you, if you go there, it's like... I think it was like a bowling alley or a club. I forget the story. But it's like... It's actually, when I was there, there's more enrollments for CrossFit style. I think it's Viking Fit, they call it. But um, there's more CrossFitters that are enrolled as members at that gym than uh, martial artists. Really? Yeah. So if you actually go in there, you're going to find, like, I've never seen so many kettlebells in my life. So you go in, and the second floor is built into a mountainside. Like, it's in a hill. It's like a hill, like a berm. And that's like the backside of this thing. So when you go in and you go up these stairs, there's a whole huge functional training area. And you see like, like rock, which is like the inside, like where it got, where this place was dug into the mountain, so to speak. It's not a mountain, it's like a hill, but it's dug in. And that area has got so many kettlebells, so, so many kettlebells. So people do a lot of workouts there. That I think is where they make most of their revenue but then you've got Gunnar Nelson is a UFC fighter. He's, he trains, he's a black belt there and they have some jujitsu and MMA and boxing classes and Muay Thai. Yeah, I assumed it was kind of like a, a pro training mecca it is. cause it's not a big place as I far mean, as like, I mean, I've never been there yet, obviously. It's but a big gym. I mean, I mean but the, you're, the city, the, but the you're area. In Iceland, which yeah. is very secluded. So it's only going to attract so many people. Right. Like, I don't know how many people are necessarily going to fly to Iceland the facility is great, but in terms of being able to get training partners easily and stuff, I think that's why people are going to train more in, in Europe, as like continental Europe, than, than go out to Iceland in the middle that, of the That makes sense, but it got me wondering, like, why is their gym so big when the rest of this town well, seems shit, so dude, small? Well, shit, dude, if it's like winter all the time there, I would love to be in that gym. Like, hang out and be in the gym the whole time. Like, I would just be there. So I'd go for um, just the attached bar, personally. So, yeah. So I would... Um, what a lot of people were doing is they found nice Airbnbs. So that's probably the best place to start. I don't know for just a pair of people what the Airbnb situation is. I think we ended up renting a, somebody's apartment for the week. Okay, perfect. Oh, you've yeah. already got that. Yeah, it's all, it's all nailed down. It's all oh, you're good spent to go all the that. money. Suffering has happened. Was the, um, the, the ticket for the camp was like, like 250, 300 euros? Uh, it was, yeah, a little over $300 plus another 70 for the sightseeing tour thing they did. Oh, you did the sightseeing tour? Yeah, well, like I said, I'm bringing my girlfriend. Yeah. She wants to do it, so we're, now we're both doing it. Okay. And they let me buy a ticket for her, too, even though she's obviously not doing the jiu-jitsu part. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, no, it's, um, she'll have plenty to do. Are you renting a car? Yes. Okay, then she'll have a plenty Suzuki. to do. Suzuki's apparently oh. very popular over there. Dude, then, then she'll have plenty to do. She'll have more fun than you. You'll be in the gym sweating. The, the thing about that camp, and I don't know with COVID if, if the number of class will be less, but looking at the, the number of instructors, looks like it'll be a packed house. That is a very jujitsu intensive camp. The Bart's one is very much laid back and vacation-y. Yeah, this one is, figured. This one is like class overload like okay. we have multiple mats we have a main mat space and a secondary mat space and the third spot too potentially so there's like a lot of classes going on so it's literally attending like an a 
um, immersion jujitsu place where you have to get the schedule and circle. I want to do this one. I want to do that. Whereas, whereas at Bart's, I think a lot of the other ones, it's like you could take every class yeah, because there's no much. conflict. Here, there's conflict. I think yeah. you know. So well, that's what I was kind of worried about. That's bringing someone else because I figure she's just going to be on her, on her own most of the time. Oh, dude, there's uh, so much to do and but I'm, around I'm Reykjavik. That, yeah. Like it's 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 just so beautiful. She man. didn't care. She was like, "I'll go by myself. I don't care." I'm oh, done. I was like, "All right." It's a uh, it's. Uh, the the one thing, if you do want to save money, I highly recommend you do some grocery shopping and cook at home a little bit. Yeah. Because eating out in, in Iceland is particularly expensive. Is this a major tourist destination? Is that because it seemed like other than the flight, everything else is pretty expensive. The, the I, rental I, car wasn't that bad, but the Airbnbs were pretty pricey. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's uh, Iceland's just an expensive place to live. People, I mean, people do eat out, but... Uh, even they say it's expensive to eat out, you know, oh, really? it's just, it's just, yeah. So it's, it's, but going to the supermarket's not so bad. There's one supermarket to go to and there's one not to, I'll have to see the logo where it's like the price are noticeably cheaper. Um, but like, like a tourist supermarket and then the local supermarket, I guess something like uh. that. But it, um, I mean, there's so many, I'll, I'll show you some pictures of places I went that are, Within like an hour's driving distance of Reykjavik, I drove all the way around the island. But I was gonna say, so what did what did you do other than jujitsu while you were there? Did you set aside? Time I did jujitsu. No, things? I did jujitsu for the first week, and then this I spent I stayed an extra week and I oh. and I drove around. So I, I stayed in a hostel very close, well, within walking distance. So I was within walking distance of the gym the first week, and then I rented a car for the second week. Okay, and I drove around, and uh, really really cool. Yeah, it's Iceland's a, a, a wild, wild place. Yeah, like just topologically and the geology, it's just phenomenal. So yeah, it looks fantastic. Like it's one of the ones I looked at and said I want to go do that. But like I said, the previous times I looked, it was like that's going to be real expensive. Absolutely. Uh, so and it was always like the first one to fill up. Every time I looked at it previously, it was already full. Well, who wouldn't want to go to Iceland? Like, especially if you have never been to Iceland before and, you, and you're and you into anything like Nordic or you see the Vikings show and you're just like, whoa. Like, like you just, if you're anybody into that stuff, it's just going to be, it's it's really a cool place. And if you can get to like, to see the, um, like the main national, the main park there, I, don't, I guess it's a national park that has like the, the huge glacier, like that's super impressive. That's farther away. So I, that that you'd have to drive to get to, and and I don't know, I mean, I think there are accommodations there, but for day trips, plenty of day trips just around Reykjavik. So it's it's hard for me to describe. You'll just go and you'll know it's different. It's not like let's put it this way, I grew up in Maine, and there are more similarities between like the Maine coast and Iceland, to some degree. Because people go to Maine and be like, oh, the look of the lobster and the granite rock and it goes in the coast. and all. Iceland's a whole different animal. Really? You know, yeah. Like I went to, I went to Sweden and Norway and that was spectacular. But there were more similarities between that and Maine. Obviously, you had fjords in Norway, which were amazing that Maine does not have. Um, but some of the beauty that people rave about, not all of it, some of it. Is like if you go into northern, if you go into Canada or, or Maine, or I, I would imagine Alaska probably, if I've been to Alaska, you'll see that too. There's nothing like Iceland. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, Iceland, Iceland is a very young piece of land geologically. 
like there's what it is it's it's a it's a fissure so i got a geology book on there because it was so fascinating i was reading on the flight back it there's like a fissure or something this is where the geologist was going to scream at me but there's basically um you know stuff coming out of the ocean floor in the last tens of thousands of years well it has to be larger than that but very near term that was just growing and growing and growing and created the Icelandic plateau, mm-hmm. which is Iceland. It's well, you got not the deep background on it. Right? So it's it's a very new piece of land relative to the other like Europe or the or you know those Eurasia things. Those are like those tectonic plates that separated, but not like relative to the history of humanity, right? Like no, I mean it's, it's still old, but but in terms of like geologically, it's super young, hmm. right? So it's like it was not it was not this part of it was not part of Europe and broke off and floated off it just kind of grew out of the ground oh, okay and that created this Icelandic shelf so Iceland is literally a volcano like it's just like a volcano just sitting there oh and that's why like I don't know recently you saw there's like an eruption because there's a lot of pressure from lava under the under Iceland that gets released and comes out okay. and again geologists will probably be like technically it's this not that but that's the general kind of gist so great now i'm looking forward to doing jujitsu oh dude it's it's fucking no no but (laughs) but what's crazy is you'll go there and the first thing you'll see is you will you will uh, land in reykjavik tiny airport you'll come out and you'll drive to reykjavik and it's about like 30 to 40 minutes away and the coast line will be on your left and to your right, you'll see zero trees, and you'll see this weird, you'll be like, what is that? It's not flat ground, it's like mossy, but it's like mossy and bumpy, and you're just like, what is it? And what that is is actually lava flow that's like frozen, and it's all bumpy, and it's got like a weird moss on it. So it literally kind of looks like the, um, like the Shire, from Lord of the Rings, except you shrunk it down. So it's not, the, it's not like even, <clears throat> even the, the hobbits couldn't walk around there. It would be like if hobbits were a foot high. It would huh. ma- like that's how big. It's like okay. the things aren't that big, you know. But you're going to see a lot of things. You're like, I've never seen this before. And I've seen pictures of stuff. Maybe I've gone out west. Maybe I've traveled. I've, I've been in some place. I haven't been everywhere in the world. But, I've, I've, you know, I've been to Asia a little bit. I've been to Europe. I've been to South America. Um, I've seen some wild things. I have not seen some of the shit that you see in Iceland. It's well, that's wild. good to hear. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there's sky, there are mountains, there's yeah. grass. Like, it's not like it defies... No, I assumed it wasn't another planet. Yeah, right? you don't yeah. go there. But, but it, you know, if it gives you some idea, um, some space programs have taken their rovers to Iceland to test them for Mars. Okay, yeah, I could see that. So... Um, and wherever you drive is different. Like if you can go to, you know, if you go to like the Northwest, it's like red and they're all these, um, the, the, the geysers, you know, definitely try and get, try and go to the blue lagoon. I mean, you don't have to go to the blue lagoon. That's the popular one, but I think your girlfriend would really like that. Yeah. She's already mentioned it. Yeah. She's so, got a whole I mean, list. Yeah. So the blue lagoon would be nice. Just, you know, like I said, I'm talking about it. My words really don't do it justice. Just go and... Did you get to do the snorkeling over there? I hear that's a pretty good... I did not do snorkeling. Apparently there's a fault line there that they go through or something. That looked pretty good. Yeah, dude. I, there's, a, there's a lot. It's, but, but what is cool is, 
I, I'd say what does feel a little similar to uh, of something like Maine is it is very maritimey. You know, sure, there's, there's, yeah, that makes sense. Except it's got the Viking slant, whereas in Maine it was lobster. Okay. Lobster, lobster boats. That oh. was the big thing. Everybody's lobster. I think boats. they came out ahead in that one, as yeah. far as themes go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, everyone's super nice, a little reserved, but very polite, and way more aware and comfortable with American culture, because they're more American influenced because of their proximity to the United States relative to Europe. Okay. Whereas when you go to like. Spain or France or any of these places in Europe, their English is influenced by England and English culture. Mm -hmm. Iceland's English and English slant is influenced more by American culture. Oh, that's good to know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's like a bar. There's a, there's a, uh, there's the dude bar. In, the dude bar. Yeah. So like Big Lebowski dude. Oh, okay. So there's a dude bar. Huh. That's like dedicated to that. So it's, it's, it's oh, that's pretty good downtown. And so that's, that's like a tourist that, that is a touristy place, but what, you know, I went there. It was great. Hey, I'll be a tourist. It was amazing. Prerequisite. So yeah, check that out. You'll have fun. When is that in June? Uh, July. Middle oh, of July. Dude. Yeah. Oh, bring, uh, eye covers. She was telling me about that. And I, was I like, never wear them. If, if it's always going to be sunny, wouldn't they all have blackout curtains? It's like, bring them. Okay. They probably do, but bring them. Like I was in a hostel, so it helped, but trust me, it, it's going to look like it's going to be dark from dark ish from 11 to like two or three. Wow. That's it. Huh? And then it's, oh, did it's that mess you up? Do you like have trouble sleeping with that? Not when I covered my eyes. Okay. But it's weird because you don't know what time you just have to check your watch. Huh? You're like, what time is it? Oh, it's 4.30. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> but it's also wild when you go out at night because you go out and it's like, it's 11.30 and it's still like dusky looking. And you're like, dude, like, this is awesome. Oh, man. You know? Parties don't start till late there. Yeah, it's wild. I think they do party pretty late, though. So. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be pretty good. Yeah, so this would be number two for you, right? What was? Yeah, this would be my second one. Uh, was it a lot of people from all over, or was it a lot more um, natives from Iceland when you went? There are natives that participate, but there there were like I think seventy or eighty Americans, and there were, I think either two hundred or three hundred. I think I want to say in the order of between two hundred and three hundred people. Wow, and. Uh, everyone else was from all over. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a frog in my throat. But yeah. the um, it was it was, and then there are just the Icelandic guys that are there, were able to participate. And there's some black belts like Bjorn. Uh, yeah, I think his name Bjorn Haldor. Haldor's the young guy. Haldor's like the Icelandic version of JB. If you ever met JB, he's like six four, young dude. I grappled oh, with him long. in, yeah, I, I went with him in Nogi. I had just gotten my blue belt, I think. He's like, you want to go? Because it's Nogi, so nobody knows. And he so gently mauled me, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, was do, I could do nothing. Yeah. And the guy's a professional grappler, you know. Oh, okay. I don't know how good he is in the, in the you know, because when you're in Iceland, you're kind of isolated. So I don't know, you know, how would he do in the main, like if he went to a main stage and competed against, you know, top-level American or, you yeah. know, other black... 
But the guy is fucking good. <laughs> and that's he actually another politely. reason I, 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 I want to go and do it because I, I don't compete because I don't really have the oh, drive you want for those it. Three hour like, open mats. I, I do want to, like, that's a, a big part of the fun I had in, in St. Barth is just going against all these different people and just kind of. The best thing you've got, this is actually, an, I, I, I failed to, to mention the biggest thing. The best part of this whole thing, and it's going to help you immensely, they have an amazing uh, locker room facility. So, the, weirdly enough, though, they, they have very few bathrooms. So, using a bathroom is actually kind of awkward because there's only, like, there's, like, a bathroom in the locker room and then a bathroom. So, it's, like, th there may be, like, two to four bathrooms you can use in the whole place. Wow, for 300 people? Yeah, so that's okay. awkward. That is awkward. So, make sure you use the bathroom at home before you go. Okay. Good pro tips. This is the stuff yeah. I need. And then the bathroom in the bar is generally less used than the one in the locker room. Okay. Okay. The other thing. But the actual like shower area is like a massive. Also, you better be comfortable with some dudity because there's no like individual stalls for showering. So it's like, oh. it's like military style. Okay. Everyone just faces their side. Beautiful. I mean, it looks nice, but you're just going to go in there and you're going to shower and you're going to face the wall and your butt cheeks are going to be, out, you know, <laughs> okay. everybody. all right. So there's that. No big deal there. But then you go through the, the little break and now the guys enters from one end and the women locker empties from the other end. And there's a communal uh, unisex jacuzzi, cold plunge, sauna. Okay. They do have the sauna. Everybody is going into that sauna and jacuzzi. Yeah. And the brave ones go into the cold ice plunge thing too, which is basically a black, a big, tall black bucket that you could sit in and stand in that's got really cold water in it. Oh. Okay. So the recovery options are amazing. So I, I don't heck, I insist that whenever you're done training, you spend 10 to 20 minutes in the sauna and then either just go into the jacuzzi or if you can, Go into the ice bath for one to five minutes and then go from that to the jacuzzi and you will feel like brand new the next day when you wake up. I will almost certainly do that. I'm a big fan of sauna. I don't, I don't see me doing the ice tub because, mm -hmm. yeah, I could barely like ice my hands. I'm just a big wuss about it, but I can do the sauna in the, in the hot tub. So yeah, that'll be good because it's one of those things you wonder about. It's like, how much am I going to actually be able to do for a whole week? Dude, I, 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 I lost eight pounds in a week training. Wow. Okay. And I think everybody said they lost like, you know, like two to five kilos, you oh, know, because okay. they're all European. Oh, so collectively, there's a lot of, if like if you do like the weight loss challenge and we all stand on a scale and then we stand <laughs> on a scale after, we would have lost a lot of weight. Oh, <clears> luckily, so, I, got a, I got room to move. So, so definitely um, with all that training, especially those long, like the open mats every day, they're like two to three hours. Dude. Obviously, try to pace yourself too, and and try to pace yourself in terms of the knowledge you're taking in. Because by Wednesday, I couldn't absorb any more. Oh, sure. But the that that sauna and all that made my body feel amazing. Like because I was training a lot, and I was like, dude, this. I I wish well, I came back wishing it was here because it's like I'd feel so much better. So everyone is in the sauna, so definitely go to the sauna, and then whatever else you can do, do it. But. And the great thing is it's a great little chance. Did you to, do the ice tub? Yeah, I, I did Oh, that. you did. But it's great because um, because unisex, so the men and the women that are training there, 
you get to interact with them. It's just fun. You get to have com- continue conversations and stuff. So it's very social. You well, know? that's a part of the thing I was wondering because like St. Barth's, we're all in the same. They have like a sports complex where everyone stays like a dorm. So, you know, y'all have common areas and you're hanging out outside of the gym too. But here, because y'all have to go to the gym, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of interaction with the people outside of the mats. Oh, no, there's a lot of social. Everyone's going out to drink. Like, you got to be careful because guys will want to go out and party until like five or you're know, like, you know, five or six. In oh, the yeah. Morning. They were doing that in St. Barth's, too. And so well, I don't now know it's how you guys out. are even it's, alive it, right now. Yeah. I mean, there are people that go to the camp just to party. Like, they get together with their buddies. It's like going to a conference. It's like people who go to a business conference. And they maybe go to one lecture, like they go to one <laughs> yeah. workshop because they have to go to that one. They open that on the first day and, and then, then it's just, then they're yeah. out <laughs> and they're out and about. Oh, we're in Vegas. Yeah. Let's go party now. You know? So yeah, dude, you're, you're going to have a blast. Yeah. I'm looking, I was, I, I, I was really happy that I could get in this year. Uh, it, it honestly, like I, 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 I got into it last minute and I went on a wait list and somebody had to forfeit their ticket. Okay. And they reached out to me, and I bought it off them. So oh, okay. That that does happen, and that helps. Um, so for people out there listening, they're like, "Oh, it's sold out. I really want to go." You know, put yourself on the wait list. And Last I checked, they had seventy tickets left. That's what they. Said okay, the so website. you know, check it out, man. Say hi to Preet when you. Oh, always. Yeah, he's. I take his like, classes. Yeah, be like, hey, man, yeah. I, I I train with the guy who's a BGG and Bruise guy. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who said, I'm all about the offense, not defense. Just remember, <laughs> I'm the guy that got him to admit that he's really all about offense, not defense. Yeah, so. I look forward to taking another one of his classes. Uh, the guy I ruined with, I think it's, I think it's, I can't, I can't say his name. I feel so bad. But Bjorn. Bjorn, yeah. Something like that. I think yeah. Bjorn, yeah. Uh, he, he was actually my roommate in St. Bart's, and he did a really good class uh, over there, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Yeah, I mean, he's an instructor at, at, yeah. at Mjolnir. So, yeah, that'll be... Uh, yeah, it'll be cool, man. You'll see. Um, God, I can't think of the same. Who's the other guy? I always want to say Donnie, but it's not Donnie. It's like Anmar or something. Anyway, he's he's a he's actually he he's a he's a he's a black belt. He's an Icelandic black belt, but he looks um, he's like got um, like black hair and he's kind of uh, he's he's tall, not as tall as Haldor, but he's uh, he's 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 a slender guy, kind of wiry. And he teaches. Uh, he'll probably teach too. So it's uh, yeah. They got a, quite a list of instructors on that on that page. Yeah, let's actually let's let's go through the. But of course, they got to do like multiple classes in three different rooms. So oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, BJJ Globetrotters Iceland. Here we go. Globetrotters Iceland camp. Let's see. Apparently, how cool. their main camp sold out. So they're they're looks like they're back. Everyone likes the main camp. That which was actually the next one I was going to do before COVID hit last which year. Which is weird because to me, it's like, why would you want to go to Maine at that time of year? It's like so buggy. That's the thing. There are mosquitoes at that time. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry to spoil it. Yeah, when like are you going to go? Are you going to go in the winter? Are you going to go? When is it? It's in the spring, right? It's yeah. Spring is when the bugs come out. Yeah. Black flies and mosquitoes. All right. Let's wear the sightseeing tour. Oh, the Gilma competition. <laughs> oh, is that the, the Glimma, Icelandic the gl- wrestling yeah, thing? That's, yeah. That is interesting. Oh, they're doing a pub crawl. Did you do that when you went? Did I did not compete. I was a I was a chicken and did not compete. I just watched from above. Uh, all right, here I we like go. how they did it in like a, you know, there's like cliffs all around like this. Oh yeah, that, that's why I said. There's our our man Preet is there. Gunnar Nelson, Bjorn, Haldor. So yeah, this is Haldor. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, he I looks actually, like a Haldor. Yeah. So I saw him at like I saw him on the thing after the fact. I was like, oh, he's a black belt. Oh, he's he's one. He's a he's a professional grappler. Oh. <laughs> Um, this guy did that, the, did that slowly restore your self-esteem afterwards? A little right? bit. The Silver Fox will be there. This guy's pretty famous. Okay. Yeah. The Silver Fox. Aaron Ross. He's at every one of them. Omar. This guy. Okay. So he's he's super nice. Um, let's see who else I know. Got a German Dennis Schindler. Sven, okay. I highly recommend you take one of Sven's classes. Okay. This guy's good. Yeah. This guy's really good. He is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu oh but he's a black belt in luta libre oh. so he's he's a he's a submission grappling guy so okay. he, he's a nogi guy um very good and his uh what he teaches i think is really really solid stuff um who else do i recognize here i would actually i don't want to say names here so I would, I would, I would not be in. Don't, don't be in a rush to take any. This guy, like. Oh really? Yeah. Is that the, okay. Yeah. You have to give me the tip. <laughs> so I'm not just going to be. No, I just said <laughs> this one is kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going <laughs> to. So yes, there is an instructor that I thought was boring there, but I'm not going to say who. Okay. Um, but it didn't work for me. Let's just say it didn't click so much for me. Let's put it that way. Um, which is amazing because we were just talking about how you were watching all the Danaher videos, which I can't get through without falling asleep in. I mean, they're all good. I mean, look. Here's the thing. When you go to camp, they're going to be guys that are the best, the guys that are worst. Are they, you know, compared to just like any school is probably well above average, but there had to be someone that was last in my mind and someone that was first in my mind. Sure. I mean, it's just, that's like, that's like going to like jujitsu worlds and like, yeah, someone had to be last, but yeah. they're probably better. Yeah, but once you leave here, <laughs> you're still better, better than everyone so else. So understand, yeah. like, I'm just saying like, Compared to all the other ones, that was the weakest. That, the one I pointed. Sure. Was, okay. So that's all. So not. I'm not. I'm not shitting on. No, <laughs> that's good. But hey, you got to budget your time. You know, like, my body can only take so much. So yeah, if there's like so a, if there's an either or between like this person and that person, I'd recommend you know okay. go there. So. Well, that's good enough. I planned it shot by technique because I don't know most of those people, but. Oh, absolutely. So that that's that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, we'll do a. We'll have to have a post mortem when you come back. Yeah, in like be. August or late June, late July, when you come back and be like, "How was it?" So, what um, outside of that? What are your goals for the rest of the year, jujitsu wise? Uh, you know, I'm just kind of doing the blue belt thing, man. Just trying to keep coming. Just Get that purple in December. Little. I'm not even thinking about a purple <laughs> belt. I'm not even. There's there is zero rush in me. I'm kind of just still wishing I'd have stayed a white belt longer. If I'm honest, like, how, how many stripes do you have on your blue belt? Just two. Just to, uh, dude, you're halfway there. Yeah. Scared, and you're training a lot. Paul, Paul respects the training. Yeah, no, uh, I don't. I don't, you, think, I don't think he promotes for heavy breathing. It's, that's true. Uh, yeah, man. I just, I'm not really like. Did you have to test for your blue belt? I did. Yeah. Oh, so that means in yeah, theory you're gonna test, have to test for I your purple. Gauntlet. Yeah, I guess. So that was uh, in theory. That's what Paul's trying to adhere to. That like, seems to come and go. So I'm never sure. Yes. However. In theory, he's remained consistent this time. Okay. Because I tested, and the reason I tested is because I'm the first of the new crop of, of, like, he stopped testing for a while. Okay. Those people, he has not tested as they promote. But I'm the first of 
the new wave of people where he said, I'm going to test him again. Okay. So I was the fir- one of the, f- I was in that first class of get him tested. Victor didn't get tested. He so was that's, right that's almost me. a cheat though, because like you're the guy that I would assume knew all the techniques because you study, like actually mm. study. Well, the point is, is like I was the, I happened to be the first guy that was up for purple that was tested. So if you think about it, Victor was, t- was promoted the promotion before me and he didn't get tested okay. when I got promoted I got tested so that was the first class where was he's like I'm testing one. again okay. so now what he's saying is yes I'm testing moving forward but I'm not retroactively testing the guys before Noah's class okay so guys who were promoted in Noah's class and beyond I want to continue testing. so there hasn't been anybody since there has not yet. been another yeah. person that's been tested to purple yet with me or beyond now we'll see yeah. If if okay. he's like no, then it's yeah. then it's to come and go, and he's only going to do the blue belts, and I get it. But I might just stay a blue belt till he forgets about it again, and then I'll. It's good though, man. Yeah. I actually, I think I have the test with me somewhere. I'll, I'll, oh, he took it, motherfucker, took it. <laughs> he gave it to me a while ago, just to like look. He's like, hey, this is what it would look like, and then he ended up. He's like, hey, do you have that? I was like, sure. Because I guess he didn't print out his own. So he took that and then he just started marking it up as I tested. Then he just kept it. So there's a marked up test somewhere. I was like, he's like, I don't even have it anymore. Well, if it exists, I should probably at least look at it just for informational purposes. But like I said, um, I'm not a, I I feel in no danger. It's a little, it could be a little daunting at first because it's a lot. I assume, yeah. It's a lot. But very fairly, it's what you see as a blue belt, you know? So it's all the guards. You know, having a no Delahiva, deep half, um, not butterfly, but X guard, you know, okay. so stuff like that, you know, and honestly, the hardest one for me, one actually, the, the one that sticks out to me the most was show me three escapes from the triangle. Oh, I know two. <laughs> I was like, there's a third? <laughs> What's I'm, a third? I'm, I'm kind of still stuck on That's the one technical. before one, which is don't get triangled. Yeah. So it's like early and late stage, but what's another one? I was like, so I had to learn that. So he showed me a, a very, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then like Darce and Anaconda escapes, which I'm rusty on because I know, you know, Michael will Darce me and I'm like, I know there's a, there's a way to counter this in theory. Yeah, see, those had completely escaped my consciousness uh, until I rolled with Justin one day. And yep. just out of nowhere and realized that, wow, I really haven't done any no-gi and I have no idea what's going on right now. So there, there's that kind of stuff on it. And um, it's just a lot. And there's more, they're more like, like double the number of like sequences. So like three times. So for example, like when you go to blue belt, there's the test of like saying, on the test it's like, show me two sweeps to submission mm-hmm. show me a guard pass to a or two guard passes to a submission this is like show me like i think it was like two submission attack like two submission chains from mount or two submission chains from back mount show me like i think it was four like pass to to submission sweep to sub- so just more like show me sequences. sequences that was a, yeah. that was where I had to do some think. I had to actually write that out. Like I I wrote that out. It was like these are what I'm going to do, and then I had to tell Paul like, hang on, I need to like look at my yeah. sheet just so, to remember what, just to remember what what I had to to demonstrate that way. Um, so there's that, and there's m- a lot more standing, and that's the most under tra- practice thing I had. That's true. Stand up. Like show me two, you know, throws. 
show me, show me two trips. You know, it's like I need to do more of that. So it was yeah. just just to understand some of the basics. That was good, but it's a, it's a good test. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I and it's more of an near. It's more. It's not like the bluebell test where it's like show me the clock choke. Show me. It's show me five submissions from turtle or something. You know yeah. what I mean? So now you get to express what you know, you know? Yeah. The blue belt test for me was mostly just like knowing what was what, cause we learn everything and then you don't know the names of anything. And they hands you a paper and you're like, I don't know any of this, but it turns out you do purple belt. It's going to be like, no, I really don't know this or I'm vaguely familiar with the concept, but, or no, or what is he talking about? And then what do I know about what he's talking about? Yeah. Right. So it's like, what are like, what are, Show me, I think it was three Delaheva sweeps. So it's like, what are the three Delaheva sweeps that I know? You know? So it's like, they could be any. I mean, there are a lot of sweeps. There are a lot of different sweeps from Delaheva. You just have no three. And I guess what he said is when you go to brown and black, you just keep adding more and more to sure. that. <clears throat> I think it would be cool to like, I don't know, like show a guard. Be like, what is your preferred guard? And show me what you know about it. You know, like. So show me something in the semblance of a game. Yeah. Like your game. Like th this is a way I could grapple. Like if they do this, like I would do all these things. And instead of just like technique, sh like demonstration, but I, you know, I don't know, man. It's a way to, it's definitely a way to evaluate. It's a way for you to, it's definitely a very good review of what's taught. There's no way you can look at that and be like, Paul does not teach this stuff. Okay. Like I had an opportunity to see this, whether I absorb this or not whether I applied stuff I saw on YouTube to this or not, that's mm -hmm. separate, but he's definitely not just like throwing you out there to dry with stuff you have. Even the judo, like even the judo stuff, like we don't do it as much, but it was all kind of there, you yeah. know, but definitely the guard stuff, like he's gone over all that stuff, you know? So it, it's, it's a, it's a good test, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully he does it. I, I'll, I'm definitely going to get to like, eat my popcorn from the sidelines and watch, you know, oh, that's what these guys, you know, I'm sure I'll get to see some people get through it before I have to deal with it. It's going to be a while. I don't know, man. You're training a lot, bro. Oh, man, I'm just trying to grow into my blue belt. If I'm honest, like just about being able to survive against some of these people. So when you got your blue belt, cause, um, we had Xander on last week. Yes. I listened to that. Podcast. Dude, what'd you think of that? That was good. I thought he was, was super. Like, I was waiting for him to talk more shit. He was too polite, man. Oh yeah, he no he, he afterwards he's like I didn't want to talk shit on the thing. Like I'm not <laughs> like notice like he never referred to people by name and stuff. You know it was it was amazing. He was no I thought he was very um um very fluid. Like dude, I like we talked for over two hours and like at the hour and a half mark is like all right last question. Then we talked for another yeah, hour after yeah. that. I was like damn. So no really um so I thought it was very interesting. <clears throat> what he talked about when he said he had like a, for lack of a better term, a rude awakening when he got his blue belt. Mm. Like, you know, the roles suddenly got harder again and, you know, people were like beating him up like a little bit. And I mean, not beating him up, but putting it on him. So just yeah. up in the intensity. What was it like when you got your blue belt? Um, that transition from, from white to blue. I identified that <clears throat> I was a little different because I had the luxury of, not, I didn't have the luxury, but I, I was trading a lot in the advanced class as a four-stripe white belt. So it wasn't like I went from not seeing any of these people and grappling with them to suddenly doing it yeah. because I was already in that class. So like it was a yeah. more gradual progression. Like, oh, the guy that's been around is now wearing a blue belt, but he's yeah. still around. Like, so uh, I didn't notice as much of a, of a, like, oh shit, everyone's suddenly trying to like get, you know, oh, you know, like, 
restraints off. He's got to yeah. move out. You can do whatever you want. Um, he he experienced that. I, I think he shrugged it off. Like what he didn't say was he probably shrugged it off in like a couple weeks. Yes, where it was, he did it was do like that. it was yes. like whatever that period was where you felt like he was getting roughed up. Like you acclimated pretty fucking fast, bro. Yes. <laughs> he also said it probably didn't help that Paul said like, "Oh, you got your blue belt like." seven months or eight months where we're like yeah oh, really? keep saying that in the gym everyone loves to hear that <laughs> so treat you super nice all that being said i'm all saying that just to, to to turn it to you and say what was your transition from white to blue like what was your test like because i've never talked to you about what that test was like and then after the testing what was that transition like once you got your belt uh the testing wasn't bad like i said it was mostly linking the things I knew to the words on the page, just the names of things mm -hmm. and whatnot. And Ryan Wilkerson helped me out quite a bit with uh, just staying a couple times after class and uh, doing some sequences and, and going over the stuff I didn't Shout know. out to Ryan Wilkerson. Yeah, man. Uh, big help on that. Uh, so then it was just, you know, the test was fine. I think I, I nailed probably 85, 90% of it. Uh, we sort of glanced over the uh, self-defense stuff because I'd seen it, but not that much. Uh, so he just didn't didn't test me on it, uh, and I think I did okay on the rest. So it wasn't really a, um, I didn't put a ton of time into studying other than learning, making sure I knew what everything on the page was. But I didn't do a lot of like after hour stuff. I did some stuff with Wilkerson, and that was pretty much it. So the test was fine. Uh, my my Shark Tank was my my thing because anyone that's gone with me knows my cardio is my my big weakness. Uh, so that was real rough for me. I I, I didn't warm up. So we just dove right in, and after my first few rounds, I, I was about dying. You had a tough one. Yeah. Like, Xander, it was funny. Xander loved it. He said, I yeah, loved it. I couldn't believe that. He I loved like, it. like, you lying sack. But from him, I can believe it, because he's one of those guys that can keep going and keep his strength. But also, there were like 11 of them. And yeah. there were maybe just 11 blue belts. So we were like, rot like, sure, we'd rotate, but nobody got to rest. You on the complete opposite, there were only three of you, and they were like, Everybody 40 was there. people here. Yeah. So we I did literally like, don't remember like it was the like last 30 few. second round. It was like a minute round. So, dude, all I remember is I went with you and I double legged the fuck out I of you. I still <laughs> remember that to this day. <laughs> that is easily the worst I've been taken down in my entire career. I was just like, career. fuck this. And I just double leg you. And you're, I was like, oh, this is great. His legs went up in the air. Oh, that was like. There's a big ooh and ah. Everybody was oh. like, ooh. <laughs> 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 it remains one of my greatest shames to this day. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, and then that was that was it. And then my so actual, everyone was fresh, is what I'm saying. Everyone like, was fresh. It was a lot of rounds. I really don't even remember the last bit of it because I was just gone. Uh, and then my actual promotion day. Yeah, it was just three of us, and there was only I think three black belts, and one of them was hurt, so I didn't get thrown a whole bunch. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that was good. And then after promotion, it was. You know, it's just that sort of going from uh, eighth to ninth grade. Like now you're at sort of at the top of the mountain ish. And now you're just back at the bottom. Mm, uh, that's a good analogy. I, I don't think there was a big uptick in like intensity of people rolling with me. I mean, because of my size, there's not that many people at the gym that can just like turn it on and, and hurt me if they want to. Obviously, there are a lot of guys that can do that, but. Uh, there weren't so many where I noticed a difference when I transitioned to blue belt. It was more just now I'm taking the advanced class more. So now I'm just in class with guys that are better than me all the time. So there was that switch where I am definitely losing 
way more than I did. You know, as a white belt, you start to think that you know some stuff because you're in the white belt class, and then you just reset to like, nope, I'm, I'm. You're like, oh, I've seen this technique again. before. Yeah, this is the second or third time I've seen the armbar from guard. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, I didn't get like a big onslaught of people killing me. Uh, I think a few of the of the black belts and brown belts turned it up a little bit, but it hasn't been like hugely crushing you know more than it anyone else who gets a blue belt uh so yet now it's just about you know coming to these advanced classes all the time and just being the guy at the bottom of the totem pole and just trying to keep up how um now that you've been at it for a bit now at blue what how do you feel you know with the techniques that are being presented like do you do you do you feel like a fish out of water do you kind of get where it's coming from like not not in terms of like necessarily doing the techniques but just like i'm going to use a weird example i remember prior to doing jujitsu i did a year of capoeira really yeah this is in spain it was actually the best thing i could have done because it got me to socialize It, it got me to meet a bunch of people including some of my best friends over there and it was fun i did it three days a week it was a good community, and, and it got me into that. But they would do these sequences, and I couldn't, f- like, I had a really hard time following it. Sure. Right? Um, jiu-jitsu, not so much. Like, especially, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's more and more rare that I'll be presented something where I can't associate it with something I already know to some degree, where I'm, where I'm just, like, compl- like I'll, I'll mess up something at the beginning sometimes, but, you know, I'm not bad at, you show me something a couple times, I should be able to recreate it a little bit. Whereas in Capoeira, I'd be like, what? You know, granted, you know, this is the luxury of now, like me training as much as I've been training. So my question for you is after being in a fundamentals class where you're learning these sets of techniques, which I think are the most important, like I'm more and more using fundamental stuff when I grapple with high, like it's all fundamentals. Like that's what works. The fancy stuff is just a little flourish, but when you learn like the more advanced guards and 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 the double lapel control or the the matrix we were doing before, you know, to go to, to whether it's backside fifty fifty or taking the back, all the like inversions and stuff. Like, how are you on the uptake now compared to when you were when you first got your blue belt? Like, uh, you feel I'm like definitely again, out of out of my depth way less like i usually have at least some part of the thing i can grab onto when we did like the matrix stuff that was that threw me a little anytime we're you know doing any kind of rolling or spinning around it kind of throws me but there's there's way less of that it's it's a lot more actually you know as a white belt you learn all the positions and you learn the moves but i feel like as a blue belt you're actually learning how to use them effectively like you're not just getting in the position and solidifying the position now it's about yeah, you sort of do it like that, but really to make it work, it's these details and it's these little flourishes added in that you just skip over because you're trying to remember the basics. So, yeah, it's just making all the things I learned as a white belt actually effective rolling against people who know jujitsu. And then with that rolling and bringing in more technique. And that's been the biggest focus of my training is to just try to widen my techniques that I use. Sure. When it comes to training, especially as much as you've been training, and I get, and I, get, I, I did the Xander, and Chris, Chris is really good about asking the question, so I'll ask you this: How do you stay motivated to train as much as you train? Uh, it's it's sort of a 
self-reinforcing cycle because I'll come in here and I'll just have one of those days where I'm the nail and it'll just make me want to like come in and get a little better so that even if I'm not winning, I'm not getting destroyed. I'm not getting crushed. You know, I'm not getting submitted three or four times in a roll. And that, that kind of keeps me coming back. And like I said, with the other stuff, just, you know, wanting to get out of the house, this sort of being my main hobby right now. So it, it motivation hasn't really been an issue. Like I said, I keep somehow making it to 6am class, which my whole life I've been like, I'm going to start waking up in the morning and working out. And it is never once actually stuck, but I, I managed to make it to about half the 6am classes. Uh, and it's just, yeah, motivation just hasn't been an issue. I'm sure I'll hit that point at some time, probably faster now that I'm here so much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the guys here. I have fun with it as a wide variety of people to train with and stuff to learn. So yeah, motivation hasn't really been an issue. It's, it's not gotten stale for me just cause you know, there's still so much I got to figure out. Also funny, uh, funny tidbit. Xander talked about how so few of the white belts he came up with are, are here. here. Yeah. Now you came up with a very small, technically, I mean, you came up with more guys and I want you to talk about everybody, but of the people that were up for promotion, there were only three of you. That's right. You're the only one. That's it. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, one might come back after quarantine. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just me. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not just, it's a lot of the white belts that were almost there. That that's, also that's, that's, that, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Like, I mean, how many people do you think are left from your class? I mean, and, there's, and, there's and when I say your nobody. class, that class is obviously not just those three people. You one of them. There's like, as you said, that larger group of white belts that were either up for promotion or very close to getting promoted. You know, like yeah, just, I would say there's kind of just Xander. He's the closest one. Probably. I can't really think of uh, maybe Javier. I think. But he I haven't seen him. Yeah, he, he, he he'll disappear for a long time. Yeah. And, and um, but yeah, that's. That's pretty much it. And it's actually something I've been thinking about for like, especially for like Paul, because he must deal with this all the time. Because there's always, you come in here one day. He's like, I don't want to promote anyone to blue belt. 20 new belt, <laughs> new white belts. And they go and they, you know, they ask him questions. And, you know, he's, he's probably done the same rigmarole a million times. And it's like, how does it feel to just, you know, put effort in these people, answer their questions. All, and then they just disappear. You know, and because I've had that experience where I find people because it's kind of hard we don't we don't have a bunch of people my size we have some most of them are a lot better than me so when i find people around that size that are starting to get to that skill level where you can actually have good roles with them and then they just vanish like is that the same feeling where he's like teaching these people and they're just starting to grab it and he's investing some time in them and then they just vanish and like how often does that have to happen before you just like stop putting you know i'm, I'm surprised that he can still be as uh attentive and you know helpful all these new people knowing that most of the time they're just going to be gone at some point uh so that's that's the kind of thing that i think about because yeah for for me it's most of those people are gone like even the big crop we just had a big crop of blue belts i don't see any of those people anymore it's uh it's it was really kind of disconcerting because um you know they you hear the at promotions you know you hear the stats like was it like one percent of people that start get a black belt? Yeah. Right. And you're like, okay, you know. And even actually, this is another one where I I didn't quite, I never grasped it. It was remember Jim Andrews? Yeah. Yeah. So Jim, uh, he was teaching when when I first started, and he had a habit of of you know after class when people would line up, he's like, guys, look to the people to your left and your right. 
a lot of those people might not be there, you know, in, in a year or two. You'd be surprised. And I was like, that's weird. You know, I, I didn't think it was bad that he said it. It wasn't like a negative thing. I was just like, really? You know, like, really? And I've been doing this just over three years. And he was dead on, man. Dead on. And it's weird you because know? you train with some of these people and you can see them starting to get good and they seem to enjoy and then it. They just, then they just kind of fade away. And they're just gone. They just fade away. And, you know, I understand life happens. People move. Things happen. You know, people like me, jobs change and, yeah. you know, you can't afford it or you have, you know, get married or whatever. But it's just like, really? Everybody? Like, everybody's gone? Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And to think, like, of any bluebell crop, it seems like one to three stick around yeah and everybody else is fades and, and i don't know why you know it's uh it's it's weird man i don't know if it's like i was just trying to get my blue belt like nobody nobody has ever and maybe they're just I, you know if they said it maybe they feel like they'd feel bad saying it or something but nobody has outwardly said my goal is to get to blue belt and then i'm good and then quit yeah, yeah no, like i just want to get that level no one ever says that so taking people at their word it's something else maybe and, it and is why that. would you because it it doesn't mean anything outside of this gym like you go around telling people you're a blue belt nobody's gonna care i mean i like, think when you're a white belt when you're a white belt you you're like fuck getting to blue like I, that's an accomplishment then you get to blue and you're blue for a little bit, and then you your eyes start to open up again. Like I don't know jack shit. Maybe it is that. Maybe it's like what Xander said. There was just a hard switch for some of these people where they really started to feel it at blue belt and just decided they didn't want any of it anymore. Well, certainly it's. I guess when when you get somewhere and then the next milestone is so much farther away. That's got to be a big maybe part that's of discouraging. It. But to me, and I don't know, man. For me. Uh, when I recently got promoted to purple, I, I, and I don't know what what is it about purple, but it's like I like my thought about promoting is like I'm just now I'm just like to, I, maybe it's like to me like status wise when you have a purple belt it's like that guy's like look once your purple is like that guy's kind of legit at what yeah, he you does. made it you're you know you're and the, now the it's actual... like now it's like brown and black is like time served and yeah stuff. now like, it's, yeah that's how i look at it. and i know there's huge differences and and you know i'm not trying to compare myself to that but there was a like paul's talked about promoting people and a switch goes off he's talked about promoting people to blue and how they just get better just just by having that blue belt there's a confidence thing you know, oh, I think I hit the wrong belt because I don't think that worked for me. You know, where it's like, you know, you see a guy, they're grappling and you just you promote them. And then suddenly they're whether it's like they have to defend the belt now. They're like, I have to defend like they, they grapple harder and they just they're better. You know, that's not everybody. It's sometimes just a flip switch, a flip, a switch flip for me when I got my purple. And it was just like. Any care about the belt I had disappeared. Yeah. Like you, I, you got that at purple, like not because I, I sort of feel like just halfway there. Like I've just resigned to the fact that I just got to keep showing up and go. Like I'm not I mean, after a purple, but I just realized in blue, I'm I've, just gonna keep doing this. I've always been about like, yeah, and that's why I like nogi. It's like no one wears belts. You just go. You yeah. know what I mean. So it's like you just do it. But now, you know, if I was in like, if I had any timeline for wanting to like, I want to get promoted i want to get better at this rate it's like yes i want to still get better faster but whatever i need to be to quote be a brown belt or a black belt i don't like 
I just want to keep getting better. But the 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 upset any any thought process about a timeline for next belt, next belt went out of my mind. You know, yeah, I mean, weird. I don't see how you could actually hold on to it, like, because you just realize it. it, it it doesn't matter. You're, you're just going to feel the way you feel rolling against the guys that you roll with regardless of your belt. And the whole focus is just get better going against those guys. And it, it just, yeah, they say, you know, it, don't worry about the belt. Don't worry. But it really comes down to that because all that matters is, is your role. Let, let's right? put it this way. It's my caring about the belt has gone down. The more I trade, like it's been, it's inversely proportional to time on the mat. And then yeah. it got a little boost when I got the, when I got the purple, it was just kind of like, this is cool. And then whatever, like, you know, I want to be like, there was no thought about like, think about like I, when I was a white belt, I noticed that I went from the far left of the white belt line to the far <laughs> right of the blue belt line. Okay. And I, I was like, oh, okay. reset. It's like a you, real visual yeah. reminder of like, no, now when you're, you, now I you're back I think you know what it bottom. is when you get to purple. There's so few purples. That's true. You're always you're, over you're, there. You're just yeah. there. And I think that might be a, the, the other thing is, is I think such a huge percentage of our student population is blue and white. Mm -hmm. Once you get beyond that, now it's like, you're on your own, man. Find your own path. Maybe if we had an academy where there are 20 purple belts, yeah. I'd be kind of more consumed with, I need to make my way through, like, you know, like work with these guys compare myself to the maybe you know and i know we say don't compare your compare yourself yeah. to you i mean we're all fucking some people as yeah, yardsticks like always gonna do that you know you can't objectively evaluate yourself you have to have something to measure against but it, it's now it's like uh, i'm i'm all about like if there's any secret i have or anything like i think like if i think mike could have armbarred me if he did this i'll tell him mm -hmm. i'm not gonna whereas before i might have been like i'll let him figure that out on his own you know what i mean <laughs> but not because I'm all about like, I want to make everyone like, I want to help everyone get as good as they can because the better they get, the better I'm going to have to be in response. Exactly. You know? yeah. So the, the, the better this training room can be, the better off I'm going to be. Especially at the higher levels because you really end up rolling with a lot more of the same people at the higher sure. levels because there's fewer of them. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll roll with anybody. Like, you know, it's fun to roll with. You know, like you said, like if you want to practice something brand new, you're probably not going to be able to get good reps doing that new thing. Going with a brown belt, you're better yeah. off grabbing, you know, a game white belt or a blue belt. Well, I would say, yeah, blue belt. Like it's actually hard to work new stuff against white belts, and I've actually tried to go less with white belts just because need to find that brand new blue belt. He does. Yes, he or she does jujitsu. Yeah, but they're still a little clueless, maybe, to what you're trying to do, and you exactly. can just funnel them. But I don't. I also don't have to manage them. Like another big white belt comes in here, well, and I, I've got to worry about myself not getting hurt from this person. Grab like a three or four stripe white belt. If you grab like a one stripe white belt, yeah. But even like how many of those do we have left? I saw one yesterday. The rest is like one stripe here, two stripes here. Like we'll have a crop by the end of the year. Away. We'll have a crop by the end yeah. of the year. I think. Well, I, I mean, it, COVID threw a lot of stuff off too. Absolutely. So you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm starting to see people come back. Nate came back last night. Uh, I've seen uh, one or two more people start coming out of the wait. Nate, out of Nate, the darkness. Nate uh, Haber. Yes. Like Adrian's buddy, Nate. I I don't know. He he's like the light jockey. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, he I was here yesterday. Uh, so he said he's going to start trying to come back. Uh, so I'm, I still have hope that just a lot of people are still oh, in, in that's quarantine. That's going to be amazing. Or, and they're going to see all these things. people and be like, who the fuck are all these people? <laughs> you know? I'll be like, dude, you're the guys I remember seeing. Yeah. You know, we were so, training yeah, together. I'm hoping to see some familiar faces start coming back. 
uh, especially blue belts. That that'll be awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm really optimistic about this year. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have pretty solid class sizes most of the time. Oh yeah, but uh, if you if you add like the people that, but that, yeah, if we get more people coming back, you get all the returnees. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be good. And then you can have that moment of like, I kept training. Yes, that's what I want. You didn't. Yeah. What happened to that totem pole? <laughs> that pecking order. <laughs> gonna have to flex now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe create, one create that animosity on the mat. Create that animosity on the mat. Yeah, humility. It's about humility. No, humility. no, no. It's no, about it's, it's about, about me destroying you. Yeah. yeah, step on the neck of your brother <laughs> and keep him down. That's fucking crazy. Um, so last thing, and let's not go for another hour just because I said last thing, like Xander. I know. Oh, actually, I do have a question about that. You have that Fitbit on, right? That's a Fitbit. Yes. Okay. What, 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 how much, how many, do you know how many calories you burn in a jiu I, I don't class? really look at it. I keep it. I like it because it tracks my sleep. It'll let me know okay. how well I've slept. And that's kind of the main thing I do it for now. Uh, initially I did it. I got it initially because my job started tying our healthcare bonuses into the step counter. Oh, like wow. they would give you extra money toward your, your health insurance for that. So that's why I initially got it. And then I had taken up running for a while. So I used it for that. But now it's mostly just, I get a vague sense of like how much I've done today. Cause I will, you know, I work at the computer. I do, you know, gaming and stuff at the computer. So I'll sit a lot of the day. So it's a nice reminder of like, oh, I really didn't move at all today. Maybe I'll go walk the dog or something. Uh, but mostly it's just, I track my sleep and it's a, it's a decent watch that I don't have to worry too much about scratching up or breaking or anything. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm starting to appreciate like tracking things and I did try to track my calories, but I couldn't do it because I, I wish I a could, lot. I wish I could find one that I could wear in jujitsu because I'd love to have a heart rate monitor sure. just to see how close I'm actually coming. But to that's death. my point is my big issue was I was trying to figure out how many calories I need to eat in a day. And the big thing was I couldn't identify how many calories I was burning when I trained jujitsu because yeah. I feel like the big thing is I was always at a calorie deficit because when I trained, I was burning up all these calories and I, and I would need to eat to compensate, but I didn't know how much. But that's why I was asking you wearing the Fitbit. It's like, have you been able to figure out like jujitsu is 800 calories in an hour or it's like, not at all, huh? No. And I've, I've never been good at, I mean, that's part of the reason I was so fat for so long anyways. I could never really do calorie yeah. counting consistently or any of that stuff. That'd be cool to do a heart uh, monitor though. That'd be yeah. badass. Oh yeah. During jujitsu. Like, and, I'll, you know, I'll put it back on after class and you'll see the, the down curve of it like coming down. But that's, so they will be it. like, um, I think it was. I saw this company, I think it was like a spinning type class where they had everybody wear heart rate monitors. And the, and the gimmick was, we're all about getting people to a percentage of their max heart rate. Yeah, they're trying to keep there, you in the zone. In that whatever, zone, yeah. yeah. But what they had was a big TV screen that was split up into quadrants with everyone's number on it. So you could see everyone's heart okay. heart rate. So I thought, like, you know, obviously we can't do it here. But just as an imaginary thought exercise, it would be crazy to see all of us grappling and then see what the heart rates of the various grapplers, you know? So it's like, Noah's beating at 140. Meanwhile, Paul is at 65. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what? what? On second thought, I don't want to see that because I don't want to be rolling hard with someone, look up and find their heart rates like 72. And I'm like, you know, in the 140s or something. Yeah. Victor's like, <laughs> yeah, at 70. And you're like, this motherfucker. I mean, I roll with Paul today and he was like, half hung over and asleep so i'm sure he wasn't doing that much 
Yeah, dude. Whereas I'm like heaving. I'm just dying. We both sounded the same, but for different. I was like, is this guy, is, did this guy have a cold too? He's like, no, I haven't slept. I'm hungover. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. I didn't care. I went after him, man. I was like, this is my chance. <laughs> oh, dude. When you Like, I've gone with him, man, and I'm like, this is my moment. Yeah. He's in a weakened state. Go for uh, it. I'll take suffice it. Suffice to say, it did not go well. I will take it. Uh, Actually, sometimes, though, those are the worst because the minute he gets a good position he's not moving yeah he's, just he's gonna, like sorry yeah, bro he's i'm too tired he's yeah. like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna settle yeah. here and he's one of those guys that can just float on top of you no matter where you move so yeah, yeah his his pressure is always in the same spot yeah so um so my final question was this because we went on that tangent about i was curious about the calorie count and the fitbit recommendations so i st- uh, when did you start grappling a second time how old are you if you don't mind me asking 36 I guess it was uh no actually now you're yeah so it's about three years this June so 35 36 when I okay 35 36 yeah. so I started jujitsu when I was 32 or 33 okay okay so my question to you is as a guy that, you know, by your own account was kind of like I was, you know, kind of overweight and I was just kind of sedentary doing yeah, that death no job kinda, thing. I, was, I was overweight and sedentary. What, what, how, how would you pitch this to your fellow, you know, 30 or 40 year old office person that wants to do something and thinks jujitsu might be cool, but they're having questions like, how would you? What would you say to those people to say, hey, man, give this a try, you know, sort of thing as one of their own? Like, you know, like because (laughs) here's the thing. I'm realizing this and I'm realizing this now only because um, I've been teaching a little bit now. And especially with the I can see that there is an intimidation factor for people that don't have athletic backgrounds. Like a guy like Xander played football. He lifted weights like he can come in here and he's comfortable with the physicality that comes around with jujitsu. That physicality is, I think, a big barrier for people that haven't done it. That's kind of my point. I'm realizing that. And I struggle with that because I would like to know more people outside of the gym and bring them in to to grapple. And I've tried inviting some of my friends because some of them are are overweight as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I also struggle with it because, you know, exercising hard enough when you're in that kind of shape. But then to try to do it with someone on top of you and feeling that sort of discouragement you get by just being new to this and having people, you know, impose their will on you and feeling really lost. And I'm like, I, I can't think of a great way to hype that up. It's like, come in and try it and you'll either, you'll, you'll get it or you won't, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll feel the hook to it and you'll see, you know, oh, this could, you know, I could get good at this. This is something I want to learn or it's just going to be kind of bad for you the whole time. Uh, and I don't know if it's something you can encourage people into. I think you invite them in and tell them to give it a try. And then you sort of talk them through, yeah, it's going to suck a bit in the beginning, but this is what it can look like. This is what it can become. And it can be really beneficial. Uh, and, and from there, you just kind of kind of let them go. And I, I haven't had great luck getting people into it. Um, I find that if they've never done wrestling or football or some physical sport, it's way harder. Like they just look at it and they're like, I don't want any piece of that. Yeah. Um, it's hard but for me to explain. It's one the, of those, I really think everyone would benefit from doing jujitsu, but I really think it takes. I think it's one of those things where people, even for me, who was, I mean, 
I w- didn't have necessarily the aversions to. I mean, I I noticed it right away. Like shit, I'm right in someone's face, you know. Um, and you know, or that's in my case, I never and really I joked about of. it. And I joked about it with Rakaya because I went with Rakaya. I was like, I'm right in her sports bra right now. Like this feels weird, yeah, you uh-huh. know. Like it's, it's like, where should I be looking? You know what I mean? Like I got it like. Yeah, <laughs> you that, know. that was a lot. But even I like I wrestled in high school, so I never really had the second thought of, oh, this is weird being this close to somebody, yeah. you know, in their space like that. I never really had that. But I saw it with other white belts sure. that would come in that would like I would just go into the position and you could see them kind of pull back. Yeah, I know. They pull their this? hands away. It's like, no, yeah. you need grips, like, bro. And they're like, no, no, I don't touch like, you. I don't know. This is not. But the thing uh, is, is like even I didn't have much aversion to that, but I had no idea how much jujitsu would have helped my fitness, helped my mental happiness. My men, my, not, I, I, I never proclaimed to have mental issues. Like I wasn't dealing with depression or anything like that, but like all the ways my life is better because of jujitsu, I could not have anticipated that. And that's a guy who was not adverse to the physicality part. Yeah. What I'm wondering is someone who, if even I could be surprised... And you could be surprised as a guy who wrestled. Like, you yeah. wrestled, right? How could someone that doesn't even have that experience, that is adverse to that, how, like, how could, you know how they talk about the memes, like, what, what my friends think I do, what my wife thinks I do, yeah. what I think I do, what I really do, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, the difference between what they think it is and then what it's like what it when actually they actually is, do it. Yeah. And it's a it's it's a real hard thing to to see from the outside in. Like exactly. you have to feel it to understand. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I wish I could get more people into. It. And another thing, like uh, that, I didn't anticipate that it's actually really ended up helping me with as anxiety. Like I haven't had anxiety my whole life, but somewhere in my 30s, I started to get it real bad. Yeah. Uh, and now just coming here consistently, it's all but gone away. It's been sure. huge for that. Uh, and. It, I think it could it could work like that for a lot of people, but I don't know. It's just a, it's an unusual thing if you've never experienced anything like it, and it's a very hard thing to convey without having felt it. Yeah, exactly. So on that note, I think that was very, very poignant. Yeah. Thank you for coming in last minute. I appreciate you coming through as a as a guest to to save the the, the episode for the week, and um, yeah, man, keep rocking it, dude. You're you're uh, you're becoming a real savage on the mat, so. Uh, One can only hope. But I appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.